and welcome to the Labourland podcast, brought to you by Hypnobirthing Company. I'm your host, Frankie, hypnobirthing practitioner and all-round birth nerd. Hypnobirthing Company provides antenatal education and hypnobirthing courses to give you a more positive, confident, calm and empowering birth experience. The Labourland podcast is your place to hear all about the aspects of pregnancy, birth and beyond from industry experts and those with real life experiences. Hi and welcome to the podcast. Today I have Craig and Olivia joining me. So you guys are parents to two and you have another one on the way and today you will be chatting about one of your birth experiences. So thank you so much for joining me today. That's okay. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Um, So let's start at the start. Before children were here, um, did you have any sort of ideas around birth? Did you have an idea of what you might want or what birth might look like? Or, you know, where were you at then? For me, both my mum and my sister, who were like the only immediate family I've ever known to have kids, both had sections. Right. So it was always my my big fear after seeing them having sections was that that would be what would happen to me right so my only thoughts I had towards birth pre-kids was I really don't want to have to have a section and only because not even from the point of view of any of the other negative connotations that people may have towards sections but because of I was absolutely petrified of having to look after a newborn and recover from major surgery. I was mm-hmm. 15 when my mum had my little brother, so it's not like dazed memories of my mum being a little bit in pain. I, you know, I really had to help out with the baby because yeah. she was struggling and, you know, dealing with the wound and things like that. My sister had infection after infection and, you know, she really struggled post-section moving around generally basically so we just really didn't that was that was my only knowledge of birth was sections and I was absolutely petrified of it yeah what about you Craig I was a a typical bloke I didn't really think much about it I think we had um, when the first one with Paloma we had had like a midwife come over and talk to us sort of things what what concerns do you have about the birth and I was kind of like well I, I don't have any to be honest with you I said, if you're having them at a hospital, they're in the right place at the right time, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, the only, sounds narrow-minded now, but the only thing I was concerned is I was car parking. <laughs> because like, I don't want to pay like £6 a bloody hour like it is at ENHS, sort yeah. of hospital web, uh, car parks. So that was, like, what do you mean you're concerned about the car parking? So I don't want to run out halfway through and go put more money in the meter when my wife's giving birth because I'm worried about my car getting towed and me not getting my newborn home in time. That was, <laughs> As tough as it sounds, that's my only concern. But I think you're just not at school. You're not educated about it. It's kind of like, oh, you go to hospital and you, the woman gives birth and it's all singing and dancing sort of thing. You don't get educated about all the different ways birth can potentially go wrong, all the different ways you can have birth experience and so forth. So it's kind of, I was a bit like narrow-minded in it. I was just like, well, if they're in the hospital and they've got doctors and nurses and midwives around them, we're in the best place sort yeah. of thing. So, but yeah, that's the only kind of build-up I had to it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was an interesting experience when we got to it, wasn't it? In the end, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I think that both of those sort of 
viewpoints that both of you guys had are so common, especially for, for birth partners, the car parking thing. My husband was exactly the same uh, when we went to the, the free hospital antenatal classes and we'd sat through four of them at this point. Um, and they said, you know, has anyone got any questions? And, and my husband hadn't said a word the whole time we'd been. And he, he put his hand up and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, what is he going to ask? And he asked, you know, how much is the car park? This might seem like a stupid question, but I just need to know. I've been thinking about it. And every single man in that room turned around and said, oh, I'm so glad you've asked that. <laughs> when Craig said midwife, this was actually, it wasn't the midwife. It was the hypnobirthing instruction well, that we had with our first baby. So this is a lady we're paying money to come sit with us and address our fears about childbirth and you know before it was um, a preparation the week before for addressing fears so we both had to privately write down things that we were concerned about and I had like a book and I was like I'm concerned about stillbirth I'm concerned about any abnormalities that have not been picked up I'm concerned about having a section I'm concerned I won't handle the pain and then and all these things and she's like mm, yeah and then it gets to Craig and he's like I'm concerned there won't be a car parking space and I am concerned how far away it will be I mean all of those things <laughs> are valid they're all I'm important and the car towed away and be like well I can't take my daughter home I have to stay in exactly. hospital for another week while I have to pay a bloody company to get my car back the sort of thing because they're hot on the tickets around those hospital car parks I tell you that yeah <laughs> but did you know they had that car park I don't think they still got it anymore so the hospital that we were both at crossed the road and it's five pounds for 24 hours the Bluebell charity car park uh, oh well we know about that one at Bassett Law but we were at Jessup's yeah oh were you right okay so, so going back to sort of the, the hypnobirthing um side of it I knew you had done some your first daughter's pregnancy mm-hmm. right and how did you find that um the 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 pe- the person we did it with was was a lot older um we found it an absolutely fantastic experience we didn't necessarily gel with the lady who mm. did it which was more the only issue that we had so yeah. and i think it boils down to everything like in birth like you know feeling like you have a really good connection with your midwife is so important and yeah. neither of us felt that connection with this woman and i remember her saying at yeah. one point that she was trained as a doula so she we could have her at the birth if we wanted and i remember thinking i do not want you at my birth <laughs> like and she was lovely and everything you know she was very knowledgeable yeah. but i just yeah. didn't we just didn't vibe very well with her Craig was doing a lot of freelance work at the time he checked his phone one time and she had a go at him and told him he had to turn his phone off um (laughs) but it was it was a fantastic experience in terms of us learning my one of my best friends just had her first baby on Saturday and I can't believe how much she has learned through midwives who have Instagram accounts, hypnobirthing instructors who have Instagram accounts and just the birth community that there is like on social media. But I don't know if it's because of I was young when we had our first or because Mm. of social media, especially Instagram, wasn't as big of a deal as what it is now. Um, Mm. But there just wasn't that platform then. So we really had to figure things out on our own you know there weren't yeah. all these online courses they just these these things just didn't happen there was a couple of antenatal classes at the hospital and you were only talking mm. you know nearly five years ago now so yeah. it's not particularly yeah. a long time ago for me to for, for so much to have changed and adapted in that time 
we kind yeah. of found a hip yeah. rebirthing by accident mm. and I can't imagine us having the knowledge or power that we had in our first birth especially as like not young but younger parents I was 24 just mm. Craig was just 26 and I can't imagine us mm. having the understanding we had about birth and the choices that we had within birth without having done that what do you think yeah yeah it, it was a good educational piece sort of thing um the hypnobirthing mm. um but yeah she was a diff- difficult instructor to get on with but um mm. I t- like I say with the social media influence that's massively come on because I remember she showed yeah. us some video of like a birthing thing and it looked like it was from the 90s and like <laughs> really i feel bad. like i'm going back through sex education education again at school getting the yeah. old really 80s video out and <laughs> learning all about it i was like yeah. what and even had the old date mark in the bottom left corner to tell you how old it was but um yeah it's so the social media side of things and people being a lot more open and honest about their birthing experiences has massively come on in social media yeah maybe that wall's been broken recently i, I i'm not on touch mm. with it as much as my wife is but that that's mm. definitely brought out the confidence in people to explore their and talk about their opinions on it and their experiences, which is good. You need to share these to help everyone understand and educate mm. them. And we've seen that with a friend recently and her experiences without people talking mm. about their stories and so forth. So it's good to see that social media is having a positive impact on this sort of area. Um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, definitely. That's, I think where I'm with it. So let's get down to the birth then do you want to talk about your first birth and how that went or do you want to get into second birth straight away I think a lot of what happened by second birth was probably influenced because of things that happened with our first birth isn't it Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so our first daughter is Paloma um Mm -hmm. with P we wanted to be at home for as long as possible we didn't opt for a home birth because just neither of us felt confident with it and because of I was because of my big fear being around cesarean section Mm -hmm. I wasn't educated enough really to know that if I was at home the chances of that would have been less so I I didn't want to I wanted to be in hospital so we went to our 40-week appointment and I was offered a sweep had a sweep and again it was like oh, so you can have your sweep now. And I was just like, oh, okay. And it wasn't an open discussion about this is something that you could have done if you want. And again, even that had changed by Astrid two years later. It was something that was more of a, it was offered as more of a choice, even with the same midwife who two years before had had sort of been posed to me as if it wasn't an option. Yeah. And again, you know, in naivety, it was a, well, I'm 40 weeks, I'm fed up of being pregnant yeah. now, so why wouldn't <laughs> I have one? Mm. So had a sweep, it did nothing. In fact, if anything, more than that, it did nothing in terms of getting me started. It hugely knocked my confidence and yeah. everything else around birth because I was. she was like, oh, your cervix is really high, it's not even slightly open, you're mm-hmm. not, you're not any, anywhere on your way yet. And I'm like, I think I was 40 plus two. And I was just absolutely like, what are you telling me? How yeah. long am I going to be pregnant for? <laughs> so at 40 and 40 plus six, so nearly a week overdue, we went to Sheffield, didn't we, to yeah. book in for induction. And again, mm-hmm. did not know that this was a choice <laughs> um, or something that I could have a say in. It was just, yeah. oh, you'll have to go book in for your induction ready for before mm-hmm. your two weeks overdue. Yeah, okay, great. 
So yeah. we went to book in and again, they said, do you want a sweep? Because you'll be coming in in two days for your induction. Um, obviously, this could get you on your way. The woman mm. did a sweep and it was intense. <laughs> yeah. And that, I ha- I ha- that was the most hormonal and triggered I've ever felt in my entire life. And I was all, I was a mess, weren't I? Yeah, I remember when it just, the first sweep we had was not too bad. It was the second no. one. Yeah. And it, mm. I, I remember you like grimacing, like yeah. proper gritty teeth in that one. And, and then I when like, oh, I got God. in the car, I just burst into tears. Didn't yeah. I? And Craig was like, what is wrong? And I was like, if that was the sweep, then I yeah. cannot do birth. Yeah. And it just didn't sit right. Just yeah. it didn't feel right. Um, And it was, I, I don't, it was just, I, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. And I really, really regret having that done because of that knocked my confidence with mm-hmm. like trust in my body and what I could do mm-hmm. so much from the get-go. So the next day I started contracting. Um, they were not intense in pain level. They were not in t- intense in anything. Like they were really, really bearable, manageable and fine. But mm. they were coming every three minutes from the get-go. Oh. And they were never getting more intense. They were just regular and mm. consistent. So I rang up the hospital and they were like, if they're not increasing intensity, you feel okay, you, you're fine, sort of just you know, keep on going. And I literally was absolutely fine. I remember we'd been growing loads of vegetables and we'd been in the garden harvesting, hadn't we? And you'd got courgettes and I was making courgette fries. Um, And we were busy doing that in the garden. And uh, we came in, Craig went to bed and they'd sort of started to like ramp up a bit in intensity, but still were absolutely fine. But just because they were so regular, I couldn't sleep at all. So mm. I went and ran in bath, got in the bath, watched RuPaul's Drag Race for about four hours <laughs> in the bath. And then when I got out, I had one really intense, um, one really intense contraction. And then mm. I felt this massive relief and my waters had gone. Mm. So we rang hospital and they told us to go in. Yeah, And from there, it was two two days of contracting and nothing really happening when I went in she checked me she was like your warts have gone you two centimeters and at that point it was like the scene from friends and Craig was like two centimeters she's been contracting for over a day um yeah two days we watched the Love Island semi-final in a hospital on a birthing ball bouncing didn't we And then we went down to the labour suite once I'd got to five centimetres, which, like I say, was about two days later. So this is like three centimetres. And they were like, they were saying, you know, we are massively concerned now because it's been two yeah. days since your waters have gone. We need yeah. to get things going. So I was put on the drip, Sintosin, Pitocin, which are, Sintosin? But we was put on the yeah. drip. Yeah. And I was bad then, weren't I? Yeah. yeah. And it was like hitting me like waves. Mm. And then it was all a bit of a blur what, for me. But what was happening with her heart rate? Um, so every time you had a contraction, it was slowing it down because mm. the umbilical cord was wrapped around her neck. Right. was what was happening. Yes. So obviously the blood was then being pushed out around the umbilical cord and contracting on the neck. Mm. And so her heart rate was fluctuating like that um, because of the pressure. Yeah. Um, so it was obviously we had then had a midwife 
by our side all the way through then because of that concern yeah. and keeping an eye on it and a doctor came every hour to check um, oh, I didn't know that they came that often. I don't even yeah, remember. Yeah, you were out of it, yeah. <laughs> you were in half asleep or... I didn't know that was why we had a midwife with us the whole time yes. either. She made a cracking cup of tea as well. I can't <laughs> doubt it for that. And, how, um... what were you, how were you feeling at that point, Craig, when things seemed to get a little bit more dramatic? How was it for you? I, I was fine, again, because my mindset is we're in the right place. Where else would yeah. I want to be, sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, I've got all the equipment around me. I've got all the professionals ready to go. If mm. I was at home and sat on the sofa waiting to be like one set do we need an ambulance ready on standby then i'll be a bit more panic but yeah i'm i was like right well all i can do is support my wife yeah. and if there's anything that escalates the doctors and nurses are ready to do what they need to do and rock and roll sort of thing if things yeah. go wrong or go south but yeah so they were literally just keeping an eye on it and they said oh the heart rate's fine it's just when she's contracting it just slows a bit yeah, yeah. So, do you mean and it wasn't until obviously I don't know if they didn't tell me this, but it wasn't until Paloma's birth and they realised why. Um, But maybe their experience already knew why, but they just didn't want to tell me to be safe or scare us or something. I don't know. But and then we had a doctor come in and she said that we weren't progressing quick enough and that she was giving us a time limit before section, didn't she? Yes, we then got that imposed on the pause. Um, she said that I was going to get um prep for surgery so I had to have a spinal block um because they did think that that's the way it was going yeah so we got prepped for yeah and this is the point where we kind of had the what would you call it epiphany with you or not epiphany but we had like a little bit of a moment being like I don't want surgery sort of thing didn't you yeah I broke Um, down yeah and we had to (laughs) Obviously, being knackered for two days in labour yeah. and not much progress and all and that thing else. And this is where Craig on. really stood in because if he then you turned to them and said, "We need more yeah, time, yeah. and she can do yeah. this." Yeah. And what would happen then is you, you kind of you had a little sleep. You got a good half an hour of an hour of sleep, I think, and that gave you a different, fresh mindset when you woke mm. up after that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll let you continue with. Well, it's. Yeah, I had a I had a bit of and that is my one massive regret with my labour with Paloma because it was so long. By the time she was born, I literally hadn't slept for four days at yeah. all. Yeah. And that was why I was getting to the point where I needed a section because I just couldn't do anything. Yeah. And I massively regret not if I'd have known how long it it was going to be I was like pretty active throughout my labor I tried to stay on a ball Craig had me up lent against him walking we had a moment where we had Jay-Z's greatest hits on and we're dancing we had a moment early on in the hospital where Liv just wanted to stay in the bath or just be sat down yeah and I was like well we need to get up and moving because we need to get things going sort of thing and because of it she was just kind of wanted to be in the bath because that's where she felt most comfortable I said look just put music on we'll do a bit of rapping and <laughs> do a bit of bouncing about or something doing get you going and it, it, it did help you out sort of thing getting that yeah. right mentality because before we just sat in the bathroom like waiting like mm. well nothing's gonna happen if you sat here like, sort of thing like but yeah. it's kind of just getting those mindsets like, okay right I need to get up and get walking or get going and doing something doing a little dance or whatever that like, gets you moving and that massively helps in it sort of thing we yeah, did have did. a few more um breaks of water I don't know what the f- more came through and stuff when we started moving a bit more and mm. yeah, yeah like my waters just kept on going <laughs> they just kept on going yeah. I mean I didn't think there were any more to go after they'd gone at home because yeah. there was a lot then but I mean they just kept on going and then Craig was like he would just get kept going around if we're just following me with blue roll just cleaning up yeah. after me. <laughs> <laughs> my hands and knees most of that birth, <laughs> but yeah so 
I really regret not having the epi- having an epidural a little bit sooner because I think yeah. if I'd have had one a little bit sooner and I'd had some sleep, I'd yeah. have been in a much better frame of mind. Mm. And that's the thing, like it is, it's so all relative to what's happening. Yeah. yeah. However, if I hadn't have started with that sweep, I don't think any any of it would have mm. gone this way. Yeah. So I did, and again, this was something that I didn't become educated in until yeah. after that. I'd I'd read so many people who have sweeps do go on to have you know these sorts mm-hmm. of things, which is then with Astrid why I declined a sweep. Yeah. Um. This for my second daughter, but we. Yeah. So we. Yes, yeah, so you then, then you had to your little. It was nap. literally like yeah. had a nap and then they I, said to you like, "Oh, give it half an hour. We'll start pushing," sort of thing. Yeah. Thought, okay, sound. I'll pop to the toilet, sort of thing. Which he went a minute, wasn't it? I went for a quick. He went in for a wee, and, and... I came out and like, right, we're getting pushy now. And I was like, what? What's just happened? Have I just lost <laughs> half an hour of my life? Like, I'm that tired. Like, <laughs> what's gone off? So I remember, oh no, no, because she's died more dilated than we thought she would after a sleep, sort of thing. Right. And um, so we started pushing, didn't we? And it was kind of I was expecting that. Like, right, here we go. What time? On another six hours later, here we, here we go, sort of things. Because I know the pushing can take a while sometimes. Yeah. Mm. And um, it was really weird. Cause, well, I think like we did like two or three pushes. We did one push, and then there was a knock on the door, and it was just a midwife. Oh, and she sorry, popped her yeah, head round the door and goes, yeah. "Hello, can we put some oh. students in here?" Oh, and I was God. like, "Get everyone in! I don't care." So we had like five <laughs> students come in, stand at the bottom of the bed. But that was actually really nice because of one of them literally just picked my phone up off the side and started yeah. taking pictures. Oh. Which was really nice. Um, yeah. And they were great. And one of the midwives was um, a male trainee. And he yeah. had never seen a birth before because people didn't want him in because oh. he's a boy. Right. Yeah. So that was really nice. And, um, yeah, three pushes. Yeah, it was, really, yeah, it was like Super two or quick. three pushes. And then they, one of, after one of the pushes, they kind of went, oh, yeah, the head's, the head's here. We can see the head sort of thing. Like, and then oh. she was like, do you want to touch the head, Olivia? So I was feeling the head but, while um, she was coming yeah, out. Yeah, but they said to me, like, oh, the head's coming. It's here. And I thought, oh, they're just saying this. You know, to keep live going and keep her pushing. <laughs> Dad, do you want to have a look? And I looked down and was like, bloody hell, it is here. That the was the top <laughs> of the head. Like, yeah, Craig poked his head down. I just remember him saying, bloody hell, it is live. She's nearly here. Come on. Yeah. I thought it's like saying it to keep morale up and keep her going, bless her. But yeah, it, it, it was quite quick after yeah. we started pushing. I don't know what. What happened there after that sleep? It was like a trigger and everything it was, was quite great. quick. After, yeah. that, after that, I literally had a 30-minute power nap that were all I needed. Yeah. And then, honestly, from that moment, like everything was perfect and fine. Yeah. I lost really little blood. I had a couple of grazes, but no cuts, no yeah. tears. Well, um, I pinged out and they literally, like, you can tell how well-trained the midwives were. They're, they're on it straight away, whipped the umbilical cord yeah. out from around the neck. Yeah. Sort of thing. And... Yeah, she was back to back, so she was born face up. So yeah. I was literally like over looking at her being born, yeah. um, face coming out face up, which was yeah. obviously not how you expect to see it, but it was just crazy yeah. and yeah. it was um intense and really hard, but like lovely. And I really loved, I really loved it. I really mm. loved it all, even mm. though it was also, it was great. I don't look back on any of it. In, yeah. in like I regret not regret I would if I did it again I wouldn't have the sweep but equally yeah. if I went back in time I don't think in that moment I would have been any more informed than yeah what I was yeah. because of what we had at our disposal then to, yeah to learn about so yeah. I think for the tools that we had and what we'd learned up to that point everything yeah. went really well yeah but then every, I think it happens to everybody once you have a baby you become a little bit obsessed with birth <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> after I'd had Paloma, I was following like 
so many midwives, so many birthing accounts, yeah. you know, it's all these different, like so many doulas, all these different things. And that was when I started to look at things and think, right, well, you know, how are we, can we do this differently next time? Like, what can we do to have a better experience? Or, you know, what can we do to improve on last time? What do we need to learn that we didn't learn last time? Yeah. You know, how can, we, how can we go about this better? Um, so because of we'd done the hypnobirthing course before mm. and there still wasn't really any like local instructors mm. Mm. um we was like we'll use the tools that we got from last time I've got loads of tracks and stuff and yeah. you know I just sort of you know dipped my toes back into it independently yeah um and just cracked on with a two-year-old and being pregnant and all that jazz we were reading up as much as we could and mm. um, we thought about a home birth but decided that because of everything that happened with Paloma with a cord around and there being back to back and yeah. you know the needing the drip in the end that we wouldn't want a home birth we would want to be at hospital again we mm. opted for Jessup's again which isn't our local hospital mm. but they were fantastic they're all trained in hypnobirthing they're a yeah. teaching hospital loads of tick tick boxes you know it's a yeah. midwife midwife led unit which we really like you know it's it we really liked it it was a yeah. great experience there and you know we wanted that again yeah and it came to it I said came it was getting closer to the time and I said to Craig I'm I am not gonna have a sweep this time and I'm gonna decline induction because mm -hmm. I went into labor before the induction day anyway with Paloma mm -hmm. I was like the chances of me going more over are really slim yeah so you know that's not something that we want to do so we decided no sweep no induction unless obviously there was a reason to need to but for me a time frame wasn't a reason for an induction yeah so we'd made these choices before um, and we went in because we still had to go to our appointment to book in for induction to tell them that we weren't booking in for an induction. <laughs> so we went in for the appointment um, and she offered me a sweep and I declined. Um, mm. She asked me if I'd had one already and I said no. Mm. And she said, okay. Um, she tried to book us in for induction. And I said, I don't want to be booking in for induction. That's not something that we want to be doing. And she gave me a real long speech about you know why you should be induced like why it's a good idea why mm -hmm. they do it that way you know all the risks of not being induced and yeah. none of the benefits yeah. um, and I mean I had really done my research before I went in I had like studies and pages <laughs> referenced from the World Health Organization yeah. from the British Research Council of you know the chances of you needing further intervention you know if you're induced and etc um, yeah. and you know I had it all and I really didn't need it because of although she was telling me all this it was like she was reading off a script almost mm -hmm. and then at the end she was like okay do you still want to make this choice and I said yeah and she was like right okay you know it's your decision and she yeah. was really good and then I said what would you do and she said what do you mean I was like would, would you be booked in for induction she was like in you in your circumstances and I said yeah she was like, and she said absolutely not no oh really yeah and that was a real like nice mm. moment because mm. of, there was no no issues like I have no health concerns the baby wasn't measuring big it wasn't yeah. measuring small there was nothing at all it was yeah. literally just you're getting close to that 42 week marker yeah. and we don't want you to get there because of yeah it's better for us that you don't <laughs> yeah so you know outside and she was really really good and she was never pushy with us was she that yeah. we should go down 
the route of being induced other than the fact that they have to tell yeah. you that you have to be you know yeah so it was that was fine we went away that was at 41 weeks and then two days later I was like a little bit twingy mm-hmm. um I think I had been in slow labor for getting on close to three weeks because right. I kept having start stop con- contractions yeah. so I'd have like two hours of them being you know 10 minutes apart and then you know slowly getting closer together but like regularly coming and they'd be coming for like two hours and literally they would just stop and fizzle wouldn't they yeah because I remember keep getting calls at work being like I think I'm on contraction <laughs> and I'll be like on tender hooks ready to go like, yeah where do I need to go yeah because I live I work about an hour away so right. like, if it needs to go I need to go sort of thing so I'd like everything ready <laughs> computer close to shut down sort of thing ready to go out the building and dash out and then she phoned up like, and I was like oh no it stopped again like oh Okay, right. <laughs> we kept having it like three weeks of just yeah. these moments. Like, oh my God, right, I'm ready. Bags at the door. It was like, let me know. When you, sort of thing. And they weren't every day, and mm. if, you know, but they were, it was happening two or three times a week and it would be two hours and they would build and they would build in intensity and, you know, and it would be like, oh my God, this is definitely it. And yeah. I remember at 39 weeks, I'd had one night and it had been about four hours and I was like, this, this is definitely it now. I know this is it. I know yeah. it is. And just stop. And it's like, it was, but anyway, so we get to nine days overdue and I started having a couple of twins, just thought, here we go again. Mm. And I went to bed, nothing, you know, I was like, I'm going to go to bed, I'm going to sleep. Because I'd, I'd, I'd been doing for three weeks, like they'd start going, I'd be like, right, nipple stimulation, on me birthing ball, <laughs> yeah. everything, get this yeah. baby out of me, like, here we go. <laughs> yeah. And it, and so I was like, I'm not doing this anymore because it ain't going to happen. I don't, I don't care. So yeah. I'm just going to bed. So I went to bed, woke up at about six o'clock in the morning and was a little bit twingy and again I felt like I could have been having these contractions they could be Braxton Hicks I didn't really know and I'd had nothing like no show or you know nothing nothing like with Paloma so I was like no no this isn't it so I was like I'll go get in the shower went and got in the shower got out it was just before half past six because Craig's alarm goes off at half six and I just thought he shouldn't go into work today because of I, I'm, I'm knackered I'm over a week mm-hmm. overdue he can phone in sick I don't care like I just need to I just don't feel right yeah and I just woke him up and I said I might be in labor but but who knows <laughs> who knows anymore mm-hmm. and he was like right okay and I was like go get in the shower um um, get up and get ready but like please don't go to work today because I'm gonna I need some help with playing I can't do today mm-hmm. on my own he was mm-hmm. like no no that's fine um Paloma woke up at half seven came and got in our bed and Craig went downstairs got us both some toast and me and Paloma sat watching Frozen in bed mm-hmm. eating toast and I was like still having these twinges but still like nothing like remotely painful nothing remotely intense like mm-hmm. they were getting a bit closer together and I said to Craig, I'm pretty certain this is it, but we're just very early on. And because of it was so long with Paloma, we were both like ready for the long haul. Yeah. Like, you know, we were a bit like, oh God, is this it? Like, yeah, here I we go a, again. I had a packed lunch ready to go out. <laughs> <laughs> we were full on, like prepared for a really long slog. Yeah. You didn't get dinner at the hospital with your father. That's it. You <laughs> chucked out. I remember having to run off to Tesco Express after you through the last first birth you did. to get a dinner. But we, uh, yeah, and I was like, like 
And then all of a sudden, they just started to get a bit more intense. And I said to Craig, I was like, oh, go get the TENS machine. I didn't have one with Paloma, but mm. I was like, this time I'm going to use one. I borrowed one off my friend. And uh, I said, go get that. And uh, I was like, it, it, it was my back. My back was feeling sore. I wasn't mm. feeling like anything in my stomach mm. or anything, really. It was just my back was aching. So I was like, go get me the TENS machine. He got that, put that on. And then it was quarter to eight and I was like, ring your dad, ask him if he can come get Paloma, like once they're up and about and they're ready. So we can just have like a day of chilling out at home. Like I don't want her running around. Like mm. I want to get in the zone. I want to feel relaxed and like I don't want to feel pressured to run around and entertain her because I don't want it stopping again if this is it. And he was mm. like, yep, yep. So he rang his dad and his parents were really like, wait. I mean, we should have been more on more more like they were because they were like, well, it's rush hour. You're not going to get to Sheffield in time now, are you? And they were like, no, Nick Craig was like, no, guys, no, like, it's nothing. We're just, you know, it's very early. I think, you know, we just mm. don't, we don't want it stopping, like, and I just want to be there for Liv. And they were like, right, okay. His dad come round at 20 past eight to pick Paloma up. And Craig went out and he was getting her in the car. And I heard the car door shut as they were shutting Paloma in the car. And I swear to God, it was like the ricochet in the bedroom <laughs> all the way from the car door. My waters broke, like, at that second. Wow. And it was like my body knew she'd yeah. gone. Yeah. And, like, I knew that I could relax. Yeah. And then I heard Craig, like, come in. And I heard him doing something in the kitchen. And I just, I don't know why, I like, just did not have time for it. So I just, ra I just rang Sheffield and I was like, <laughs> um, I think I'm in labour. And they were like, right, okay. They were like, oh, you're having regular contractions. I was like, I'm having one now. And they were like, well, you're not far gone enough if you're talking through it. Yeah. Like, you're not, it, don't worry about it yet. She was like, have you had any other signs that you're on your way? I was like, my waters have just gone. And she was like, is this your second baby, did you say? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, okay, right, get in now, please. I was like, okay. Anyway, Craig came upstairs and was like, who are you on the phone to? I was like, Sheffield. He was like, what is all over the floor? I was like, um, that is my plug and that is all my waters. And as usual, back to my hands and knees and mopping up the water. <laughs> no, he's then, and then it just all, and then literally, I th it, and then it, it hit me mm -hmm. like a wave. And I literally fell onto the floor. Mm. Like, my legs just went from underneath me. And Craig was like, are you okay? And I was like, no. I was like, Craig, I'm having the baby. And he was like, and he just remember him going, no, no. <laughs> and I was like, crying. And I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, realised we're not going to make Sheffield in time because it was half eight in the morning in Russia. Yeah. Like, right, we have to phone Bassett Law, which is our next nearest hospital. Yeah. And I, I phoned them up. Like I said, look, my wife's in labour. And like, she booked in. I was like, no, she's supposed to be in Sheffield. We're not going to make it in time. Well, she needs to be booked in. I was like, well, I'm just getting you now. I'm, br I'm bringing her. Yeah. Off, I'm bringing her, and you're going to deal with her. Yeah. Sort of I'm not doing this booking process. It's like, things are happening fast. Right? We need somewhere to be. And then they sort that out, and we put the phone out on them sort of thing. And then you were just on your back. In... I was on the floor in a heap, and Craig literally was like, come get your shoes on Liv and I was like I, Craig no I can't move I'm having the baby and he was like Olivia you need to put your shoes on and you need to get in the car I said Craig I can't get in the car and I just remember him saying to me put your fucking shoes on now <laughs> and I was just like crying like 
anyway, he rang them back. And I think the midwife could hear that because the sounds of a woman about mm. to give birth, mm. others say him like yeah. you can tell the sound of birth. Yeah. And I think she could hear the sounds I was making. And she just said, Craig. And he said, what? And she said, have you got any towels down or any blankets out? And he was like, no. And he was, she was like, go get some towels and blankets, put them all on the floor underneath your wife, get a few. And he was like, okay, he went and got that and he put them down. And then she said, Craig. And he said, yeah. And she said, listen to me. And he said, yeah. She said, you're going to have to deliver this baby. And he just went, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. What was that like, Craig, for you, that conversation? How did, I can't even imagine. So like I kept, like Liv's saying, I kept just saying like, just put your shoes on. Come on, get your shoes on. So the, the suitcases in the car, just get your shoes on. That's what I kept saying. Is you until did, the, you kept saying the suitcases yeah. in the car. So I saw like, I kept thinking, like, I need to get her in the car and then get her to an hospital and yeah. get her in. So then. And I was like, come on, shoes on to get going. She was just laying on the floor, bless her on her back. Like, I can't move. Like, come on, get your shoes on. And she kept asking me things and I just kept responding with like, suitcases in the car, get your shoes on. <laughs> And even when the midwife's on the phone after we call Bassett back and they're like, uh, Craig, yeah, you need to get towels. And then when I was walking to get the towels, I was like, oh, it's, it's happening. It really is. It's starting to hit home. Like, yeah. this could, like, it's happening here. And um, then, like, Liv said, when I got back and they're like, oh, you're going to have to deliver the baby. I was like, um, no, we're like, where's an ambulance sort of thing? Where's a, surely there's a midwife nearby or something that yeah. can cancel an appointment and get to us. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I literally got the towels down and around, and it just then it was just kind of escalated from there, didn't it? Really, sort of thing. I can just remember like Liv getting in position, and I was just like, I know they say like, every, I think everybody like instinctively births in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And with Paloma, like when I was pregnant, I was like, I want a water birth, and mm-hmm. that couldn't happen because of my waters going and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and I just kept having like quick baths and things. Um, and then with Astrid, I was certain I wanted a water birth, but I literally just, and I know so many people say it's like not the optimum way. I just got down on the floor on my back and that was just how I was comfortable and how mm. I wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. And I would just lay down and and it was just so weird and instinctive because mm. of obviously there was uh, there was no checks of dilation. Mm. Nobody told me yeah. <laughs> I was ready to push. Like, you know, all these things that you see that happen, mm. none of those things happened. I, I'd had a TENS machine on for about 40 minutes, but mm. I, I'd had nothing. I'd not even had time to take a paracetamol. I didn't even think I was in labour 20 minutes mm. earlier. Mm. Um, yeah, and everything the... had been, everything was so, like, almost prehistoric, you know, mm. just how mm. it should be, just listening to your body, just knowing mm. exactly, like, everything... Even in, I, I even think boil it even boils down to like as the person birthing, like even you don't matter because if yeah. it just happens, yeah. it's just gonna happen. Like you just have to totally trust yourself. Yeah. And although we hadn't done hypnobirth in that time, I do feel like if a proper course, I do feel like the knowledge that we already had did help a lot yeah. then because if I knew every I knew every stage that my body was going through yeah. and what was happening yeah. and that was just outrageous and I just remember saying I'm gonna push mm. and yeah I and the midwife saying, saying don't push Olivia and me thinking yeah. and that's easier said than done with <laughs> her heads the, out the, other thing, the midwife said to me on the phone said like how dilated is she Craig <laughs> she did she <laughs> asked him that well that's kind of like I don't know. My tape measure's in the garage. What do I look for in this? So, at the first birth, I was at the top end with the wife's head and like, holding her hand. 
I've not been at the bottom end, but I don't know how far dilated she is. So I think that's... And because of with Paloma's birth, it was so medicated. Yeah. You know, I was on the induction drip. I had a spinal block, yeah. you know, and so different. I just, I'll never forget the feeling of her leaving my body. Mm. And like, I, I don't even know how to describe it other than it was like my belly, like, imp- like yeah. just caved in on itself. Yeah. Like, and obviously it didn't because I still looked heavily <laughs> pregnant, but I felt like, when she came, I felt like when she came out, it was like in a film. I felt like she should have come out and I should have been walking out of there with abs. Like, my stomach <laughs> just felt like it had totally disappeared instantly. And I never had that with Paloma. That was the most bizarre feeling. Yeah. And it was literally two pushes. Yeah, so Ashley was like, yeah, we got told not to push. And luckily, the midwife had called an ambulance at the same time, mm-hmm. sort of thing. And um, again, I was kind of like, Liv, got to hold it, sort of thing. I'm, I'm just wait for the ambulance, at least. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm no professional, like... <laughs> That was a minute ago. I was trying to find a tape measure, but let's keep going. <laughs> but um, yeah, and it literally was like, I, I do, how gruesome do you want to go into this sort of conversation? Because oh, I was at the bottom end. All, all the way for me, end. but you guys tell me what you feel you want Listen, to. Listen, I'm open. You go in. Yeah, so I was mean for your audience, bless them. That's it. But I, I remember it being like, seeing the contractions at the bottom end are completely different, obviously. Yeah. Like when, when the head's starting to come out, it's kind of, I remember the head partially coming out yeah. and seeing this, this baby scalp and then Liv had another contraction. And it kind of like, I don't know how to describe it, but like it nipped on the top of the head sort of yeah. thing. And I was like, oh my God, is this normal sort of thing? What, mm. What's happening sort of thing? I like, could see all the skin kind of go against the head. And yeah. I was like, oh, right, okay, we do need to push Liv because I'm panicking now that <laughs> something going wrong here because that's completely normal. Like, it's not, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, like I say, I was top half the first pregnancy. <laughs> I, said, I didn't see any of this. Um, and the bottom half this time, I saw everything with mm-hmm. it all. So it's kind of, and then I remember she pushed and I could see like the head come out a bit more. And then she had a, another push and got to the shoulders. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, I just wanted to shout an umbilical cord. And that's it because I panicked because I saw the umbilical cord round across her neck. Yeah. She was, um, well, actually across the back of her neck because she was face down this mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. natural way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than back to back, and I was like, "Oh my god, biblical cord, biblical cord." And midwife was like, "What, what, what?" And I was like, "Liv was like, obviously giving it some." I was like, "Liv, quiet! I need to understand what's happening. I don't know what's going <laughs> on." Sort of thing. So I kind of like, "Liv, can you be quiet?" Never tell a pregnant woman <laughs> or person giving birth to be quiet. Whatever you do, I highly recommend against it. I do regret saying it. But I was in mid panic as well. Yeah. Um, but and then I was like, "Liv, you really need to push," sort of thing. And then Liv gave one good push, and then yeah, once she got her shoulders through, it's kind of. It was an explosion of fluid that came with it as well. I, I remember I got absolutely covered. <laughs> like, literally did. Later on in the day, I asked him what time it was and he went to check his watch and he just had like dried up afterbirth on his I, watch. I, I, I can see why you all wear shielding and covers and everything like that. And, um, I was absolutely covered in it sort of thing. And I caught the bit, caught Astrid. I can't call her baby, she's got a name now. It's yeah. Astrid. And I literally flipped her over because I was panicking about the umbilical cord. Yeah. And it was fine. It was literally, it was just across the shoulder yeah. and down to a belly sort of thing. Nothing wrapped around there. So that was yeah. it. And there was silence. Really? And both me and Liv were quiet. And Ashley wasn't making a noise. And then literally, thank God we had a midwife on the phone. She's like, rub, rub, Craig, rub, rub. And that's what she kept saying. I was like, oh. Started... Obviously, you have a midwife to do these things for you. Like, you know, they rub them up and yeah. stuff before they pass them to you. But And I just had a towel ready, luckily, like a quarter in the towel and mm. quite everything else on me. <laughs> and I started rubbing it. And she didn't start crying. And then, like, the midwife said, oh, there you go. All good. Congratulations. That felt like a lifetime. Though, yeah, there was like, that time of like silence. Everyone was as quiet. And I was like, 
even the midwife on not? the phone was silent. Yeah. Like we were all just silent. Yeah. And then she just started sort of shouting rub because I think she clicked at what happened. Yeah. And I started saying rub, rub, rub. And then she then started crying and came around sort of thing. Yeah. Again, something that you're not trained to do, is it? As a, a Joe blogs on the street. Part. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, wow. Yeah. And it was kind of, it was all surreal. And luckily, like, um, the midwife's like, oh, congratulations on the phone, whatever sort of thing. So the ambulance should be with you soon. And it was like another thing, like 15 minutes until the ambulance mm. arrived. Well, what happened before the ambulance, Great. What did you have to go do? Oh, yeah. So we, we, are, we live on a, a new estate. And if you go on, I think Google Maps is updated now. But if you're any sat nav, it's our oh, address is in the middle of a field. Right. So a, a typical new estate where it's every, mm. every road, road's hidden around a corner mm. or something like that. And our, our house is like down the bottom of one road and around the corner. Mm. And I remember just hearing a, a, a car reversing, like a lorry reversing. Mm. And I was like, I bet that's the ambulance sort of thing. I bet it can't find us. And it got to the end of our road, reversed, did a three-point turn. It was driving off down the other end of the road sort of thing. And I had to run out at like 10 to 9 in the morning, 5 to 9 or whatever Everyone leaving for work. Everyone at work, a rush hour sort of thing. There I am, running down the middle of the street, covered in afterburst, <laughs> blood and everything else to go with it. I was waiting for like a post on the local Facebook information. Did anyone just see that guy like running around this morning covered in? <laughs> is, is he all right? Sort of thing. But um, yeah, so I literally sprinted down, got trying like, hundred meters down the road, sort of thing, to pull this ambulance up and w- wave it down mm. and run back and direct it in. Um, but yeah, they arrived oh. and they kind of turned up and like, oh, the baby's here. And like, yeah, we, like. Oh, we just got told there's just someone in in labour. Oh no, we've had the baby for like ten minutes. Come on, catch up, sort of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're completely like taken aback, like all there and everything to go. And they're like, oh, what about the umbilical cord? Like from the first pregnancy, well, what we learned was you leave it on. You yeah. don't, yeah, until it stops pulsing, sort of thing. We leave it. And they, we did, didn't we? We left it and stopped going, and they clamped it and I cut it for her. Mm. Um, yeah, he quit it at home, didn't you? Yeah, I got my ceremonial sword out now. No. <laughs> <laughs> got the, got the mm. old scissors out. It could have provided. And um, yeah, then we had to get you out. You had to go down. The, there's some special chair lifting. You had to get you out in the ambulance. This is the weird thing because it was like intense and like, I, I think that usually for birth, there's no adrenaline rush as such for the man. Mm. As like what there is, is like an overwhelming of all sort of hormones yeah. and everything for the women mm. um but obviously for craig and this it was like a huge adrenaline rush and you know yeah. a lot of responsibility yeah. on his shoulders and we both had like weird blanks with it so i was we have two cockapoos and i was like where were the dogs when i was giving birth on the bedroom floor mm. and craig was like i don't know i'm assuming i shut them in the kitchen or something but yeah. i don't know like mm. or they were just keeping away from you yeah you know, and then I was saying when because I was in the bedroom and they had to wheel me down the stairs into the ambulance. I had to go in to be checked because mm. I hadn't birthed the placenta yet. Mm. Um, and they said, "Oh," I said to Craig, "I was like, who carried Astrid down the stairs?" Because I don't think I had it. Because I had to go in this weird chair mm. and they like bounced me down every step. <laughs> and I said to Craig, "Like, I definitely didn't have her then." And he was like, "Well, I must have carried her." He was like, "But I don't remember carrying her yeah. down the stairs because obviously she was just totally naked in a towel." <laughs> Mm. and it's just all these weird little things yeah. that we just like try to yeah, piece we, together that we don't every time we, like, we talk about it, it's like other things come back yeah. like, i remember now talking about it again i was like at the point when her head was like half out it's kind of like with her shoulders like when do i get involved do mm. i get my hand in and help pull her out or something <laughs> like do you mean that i remember them yeah. thinking that yeah. Uh, but yeah luckily it was one more push and i was like what, at what point 
do we go one sec we need a bit of intervention here i need to jump in and help pull yeah. baby out yeah and it's, it's things i used to you, you obviously I'm, you're not going to be trained on as a joe blogs on the street sort of thing mm. but it's, it's yeah it's mad and running down the road i dread to think what the ambulance drivers <laughs> must have thought when they saw me <laughs> throw my arms about and Trying to direct him into our house, but but yes, yeah. Paloma left the house at eight twenty. Astrid, no, oh no, sorry, Paloma, left, sorry. And Astrid was born at eight forty-seven. Because wow. that was the other thing we didn't know the birth time. Because yeah. when the ambulance driver, ambulance came, like, what time did you birth? And like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I was too busy catching <laughs> the sort of thing. I didn't really I yeah. look at my watch first thing she was born. Um, but luckily, the midwife on the we phone. We guessed at eight forty-five, and when we got to hospital, we asked her, and she she gave us a time, and it was eight forty-seven. Mm-hmm. So thank God she took a time. Yeah. We just didn't. You just don't think, do you? Yeah. We didn't think to. What time did she bought? What? Let's jot this down. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So luckily, yeah, she got it all sort of thing, and we popped in. Well, first time in an ambulance for me. So yeah, had the ride there. So and, did you all go together uh, in the ambulance then? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. How? What was and, that uh, ambulance uh, ride like? Were you still sort of on a adrenaline high, or were you sort of coming down at that point? Craig was buzzing. Yeah, but there was concerns for you, wasn't it? I went... was just not well, mm. like at all. Like after I had Paloma, because if I had the spinal block, I was so totally like disengaged from what actually happens in labour and like pushing a baby mm-hmm. out. I was so much more into the baby and I had the injection to bring my placenta yeah. away and it was all very quick and clean and you know done by other people I was very removed from it all yeah. and it was all very I didn't have a clue what I didn't feel a thing of it so whilst I was birthing the placenta I was literally like queuing over Paloma mm-hmm. taking pictures of her not having a clue what was happening down the bottom end mm-hmm. but obviously this time there was no opportunity to be removed from the situation which I d- which I don't think would have been an issue if I hadn't have had the birth that I'd already had. Yeah. So I was like, obviously I hadn't, there was no injection to bring the percent away. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time we were in the ambulance, I birthed it as we were pulling up at hospital. Mm-hmm. And I think it had been about 40 minutes then. Right. Yeah, you and went really pale. I was just really... I felt very unwell mm. waiting to birth the placenta. Mm. And again, I think these are all like, they're all learning experiences, which helps you piece together how how you would best like your birth to go next time. Yeah. Um, and although I would definitely opt for unmedicated next time, I would definitely want the injection to bring my mm-hmm. placenta away because mm-hmm. if I was just sat there and I felt like, I, I genuinely felt like there was a twin coming. Yeah. And how the waves of them contractions were hitting me mm-hmm. as she was like exiting my body mm. they were hitting me exactly the yeah. same yeah waiting for the placenta to come away so I couldn't I was so like I felt so un- like not unwell I don't know how to describe it but everything was so intense still yeah. and so still like I have to give birth yeah. even though I already had yeah. I couldn't even face holding her mm. because I just felt so focused on what was happening in my body still yeah. I couldn't I, I didn't want to hold her because I was like I don't I don't feel like I can hold her because I'm still like yeah. so tensing up and you know still feel so unwell and the minute I birthed the placenta it was like somebody had flicked a switch and I felt 110 percent fine yeah. Craig said all oh, the color came back into my face yeah you're back to normal it's weird chatting away fine again yeah and and what was, waiting for that wasn't nice what was it like when you got to the hospital Oh, so they brought the trolley out of bed, sort of thing, choked to live on it. 
and mum and baby, sorry. And then we kind of went in, mm. got given a room, and they, before you even got off the bed, they were like, oh, you can go when you're ready. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And we're kind of like, what, one set? Because like... I still really didn't feel well. Mm. Um, I hadn't really lost barely any blood, and we saw how little when we came home yeah. to the aftermath. Yeah. Um, I really hadn't lost much blood, but the shock of it had yeah. really floored my blood pressure. Yeah. Um, so... I didn't feel like I could move without everything was going black on me mm. and I felt like I was going to faint. And there was, like I say, I'd not lost any blood. Um, I didn't need any stitches. I'd had no tears, nothing. Everything was fine. It was just my blood pressure yeah. was really low from the shock. Um, so, you know, they just kept saying, you can go home, you can go home. And then she checked my blood pressure and she was like, actually, maybe we should get some sugar in you. Yeah. Yeah, so sugary tea. And then I popped the shop and got you a load of... Ch- Mars bar. Yeah, chocolate <laughs> That's what I remember yeah. eating. Mars bar with a cup of tea. Yeah. And... Uh, we just stayed, didn't we? Yeah, like, we just well, stayed. They kept popping their head in and saying, you can go. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we did that. And then you had a shower and stuff like me. So felt yeah. better that way. And... That first shower after birth fixes everything. Yeah. Yeah, and but, I just felt I felt so much better after the shower, and you know after I'd had something to eat. But then we was like, oh, how are we going to get home? Yeah, yeah. Think <laughs> you're going to get a free ambulance on the way back, so I had to call my dad up, didn't we? And be like, uh, yeah, just so you know, in the space of like an hour, we've had the kid. We're at a hospital. Yeah, all this in this <laughs> phone call, happened. it'd been like an hour. He was like, hi, dad, I need you to go into the car, get my car seat out, and then I need you to come to hospital and pick us up. And he was like, hang on a minute, what's happened? He was like, oh, the baby's been born. <laughs> His dad were like, I'm still at bloody Morrison's. (laughs) It picked Paloma up and then they'd gone to Morrison's before they were taking her home so they could like let her pick what she wanted for dinner that night, thinking that they would be having her overnight. And uh, we were back home by lunchtime, eating dinner on the sofa with our new baby, our firstborn and Um, the dogs. Yeah, yeah, it's really quick. And And Craig was vaxxing the carpets upstairs. (laughs) Yeah, I I got a few tricks of getting afterbirth and blood out of the carpet. (laughs) I dread to think what... If anybody wants the top tip, it's salt. Oh, really? I I dread to think what... um, Salt on blood, yeah. If the police were monitoring my Google searching, (laughs) I dread to think that I I raised a few flags that day with that. (laughs) But yeah, salt did the trick, just leaving that in to soak it up. Wow, I mean, they're two amazing experiences um, and just, yeah, incredible, both of you, just incredible strength and initiative and just, yeah, amazing. Just birth is amazing and it has such a huge impact on our lives, uh, whether that's the person who is giving birth or witnessing the birth, it's just Mm. incredible Um, and it can really change you as a person as well, I think. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it definitely opens your eyes a bit more. Yeah. Both births are had, yeah, sort of thing, how na- naive I was to it all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got the full experience second time around, so yeah. Yeah, you certainly did. I mean, you sound like an, a really amazing birth partner, actually, Craig. You know, even with the first birth, everything you were saying about getting live up and moving and sort of putting music on, things to, to keep her going, and also advocating for her, you know, we need a bit more time, all of those things are just so, so important and have you know a massive impact on your birth so you know you did an amazing job there yeah it's, luckily like the hypnobirth and instructor did pass these sort of yeah. recommendations on and Liv recommended it as well yeah. i thought i was just gonna like rock up like paddington bear with my lunchbox <laughs> and sandwiches and sit there and yeah. enjoy the ending but you, you you got as a partner you've got to be fully involved be there and be the cheerleader and yeah. making sure the right decisions are being called especially when they're knackered after two days of yeah 
not get the contractions, I think they are, they are a bit delusional and stuff like that. You've got to make sure that the experience they want is as best you can get it for yeah. them, sort of thing. Because yeah. if you do, if we had a C section, I, do you know what I mean? I think it might have impacted our second birth. Mm. We, I think we would have had it as maybe as quick, maybe a bit longer recovery time, all this sort of stuff. Mm. And those first couple of days with the, the newborn, do you know what I mean? You've got to make sure yeah. that as best you can as the birthing partner, you get the best birth experience for them. Yeah. So they don't regret it or doubt themselves later, mm. sort of thing. But yeah, yeah, just got to do the best. The one thing I hated about Astrid's birth is after I'd given birth, mm. and we told you know people are like, "Oh, how did it go?" And we told them the story. Mm. Everybody used to say, "Oh my god, crazy! Yeah. How was that, how was that for you?" Yeah, I don't care how it was for him. <laughs> I had no medication at all, and I birthed a human yeah. being. I don't care how he sounded. Yeah. It. The amount oh, of people that came round and bought Craig pull presents <laughs> as opposed to push push presents. Craig got bought pull presents by people. I've never heard of I a pull from... present. Yeah, Craig <laughs> got pull presents. I went from telling my wife to put her shoes on to catching a baby in a space of like <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> I, yeah, it's all unlived. All I did yeah. was just stand at the other end and yeah. panic. But yeah. I, I, I was just about to sort of say to you, Liv, how has it been sort of, you connecting with that birth experience afterwards obviously it, it was very very quick very intense how was it for you in the months afterwards sort of coming to terms almost with what happened and getting your head around it a bit more and talking about it finding out actually you know where were the dogs what what was happening at what time how was that for you so after Paloma I kind of didn't struggle, but mm. like it was a hundred. I was, in fact, it was the opposite of struggle. I was absolutely fine, and I was absolutely fine. And things didn't go the way that I envisaged them. Mm. I wasn't one of these people who was upset that things didn't go the way I wanted them mm. at all. I was like, I've got a healthy baby. I'm healthy, and do you know what? I'm so proud of myself. Mm. What an experience! Yeah. And in a way, Astrid's birth was everything that I wanted Paloma's birth to be. I wanted unmedicated mm. birth. I wanted it to be as natural as possible. I wanted all these things. Mm. Um, but because of the way Paloma's birth went, I anticipated another really long labour. Mm. Um, I anticipated that it would be another hospital birth. And because I had prepared myself for another birth that wouldn't be like the birth that I wanted... Mm. I I really struggled emotionally with it afterwards. Um, and it was on day, th she was about five days mm -hmm. old, I think. And um, a health visitor came and she said, how, how, you know, how do you, and she was the first person who actually said to me, like, how do you feel about mm -hmm. the way everything's happened? Mm -hmm. And I just burst into tears and I couldn't explain why I felt, and I think it was harder because of everybody would spoke to us up to that point had been like, wow, that is amazing. Yeah. Like how incredible yeah. to do it like that. And it just be you two. That's so incredible. And like, I would never say it wasn't incredible because of it absolutely was, it was absolutely mind blowing. And I definitely feel that more so now, but in the moment, Mm. I really didn't feel like that. Mm. And it was really, really scary. Like, mm. because in birth, your birth partner's role is to support mm -hmm. you whilst you have a medical professional delivering the baby. Yeah. That then meant that I'd lost a support person. Yeah, because yeah, I remember halfway through the pregnancy saying, come up here and hold my hand. I was like, I can't. I yeah. need to be down here yeah. ready to... And I, and I remember that and that was really like I don't know like not painful because obviously you couldn't but mm. I remember I just kept saying I remember when I was pushing 
I was crying and I kept saying, I just need somebody to help me. Yeah. yeah. And it was because of I felt so incredibly alone. Yeah. Which was really hard. Mm. And and it was because of Craig was having to deliver a you know, and again, that was no hard feelings towards Craig. Yeah. It was just the yeah. situation um and how it how it had played out. So mm. she referred me for birth afterthoughts, which I then got a phone call from a midwife who was like well, there's no point because you've got no birth notes. Oh, gosh, right. So she was like, we can't really break down step by step what yeah. happened because we don't know. Yeah. And I was like, right, okay, so where do I go from here? Yeah. I was referred for a few therapies. Um, I ended up being diagnosed with um, post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. um, afterwards. And it wasn't until she was about five months old I finally got to the top of the waiting list to start therapy and then we went into lockdown right so Mm. then because that could never happen and it's sort of been left to fester I hadn't really spoken to anybody properly about it I'm really open and I'm not somebody who I've suffered with anxiety in the past so Mm. when people say to me after I'd had a how are you feeling I wouldn't just say to him yeah feeling great mm-hmm. to make them feel better I just wouldn't I just didn't lie I'd be like I feel really horrendous yeah. like I feel really emotional and I'm really struggling with it and people would be like oh okay yeah um but I was like I didn't want that to become a thing and I said I will be 100% honest with how I'm mm-hmm. feeling and I was but because the lack of like mental and emotional support because of lockdown because of everything yeah. else and because of we just don't live in an area that is very good yeah. with um postnatal support basically and especially perinatal mental health support mm. um in fact we're one of the worst areas because i ended up going to hopewood which is um a specialist facility in nottingham for parents who well new 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 mums who are struggling with their mental health right. um i went there to see a psychologist and she was she, they had just finished putting a bid in for extra funding for our area because of it is yeah. so notoriously shocking mm. with mental health support post birth mm. um so yeah I think there's not a lot of support around here mm. and I think there's a lot of uh, pick up and carry on unfortunately which meant mm. that um because of the PTSD wasn't treated it did then turn into postnatal depression mm-hmm. um so I mean it was just another kettle of fish and then yeah. all that through lockdown and yeah. We had a few hairy days together, didn't we, where I wasn't particularly nice to Craig and mm. we had a lot of arguments and Craig was struggling with trying to deal with me <laughs> a lot of the time, weren't you? Yeah, it's a new dynamic, isn't it? You've got a, a baby involved there and everything else. You're still trying to find your family dynamic yeah. as well as keeping a toddler entertained. And it was really hard trying not to take away from each other because of what was a really hard for, experience for me was actually an incredible experience for Craig. Yeah. And he, as hard as it was, like, you, you're really proud of the way Astrid was born and your involvement in it, aren't you? Yeah. But and I'm proud of him as well. Yeah. Like, of course yeah. I am. And I'm really proud of us now. And now I can totally laugh about it. And I think it's great and all that jazz. Mm. But at the mo at that moment in time, I didn't, mm. and it was really hard because if I didn't want to take away from how how you know good he felt for what he'd done because he did do an amazing yeah. job. Yeah, it's just also quite a petrifying job. Like I look back at it, and I think, but we're actually really quite lucky because there could have been complications or whatever. Mm. And even still, got to think about after Astrid's birth, it just took another fifteen minutes for the ambulance yeah. to arrive. Like. We were in no man's land, basically, yeah. in that part. If something went south, like, 
we were stuck basically that's my thing when I look back at it as well like we're really lucky like and that was where I struggled after I kept thinking what well what if and people you know people say oh god well nothing bad did happen I used to think yeah but what if it did yeah yeah and I couldn't stop the what if was the problem I couldn't be grateful for the well it didn't it was just but what if Mm -hmm. but what if but what if and I just felt that constantly so but I've you know I'm really well not lucky but I have close friends who's also suffered yeah. with postnatal depression. I've had friends, other friends who've had traumatic births. Mm. Um, and, you know, just really talking about it and making sure that I was open about yeah. it because of there has been no therapy. I mean, I've still not been asked to start and I'm at the top of the waiting list. Mm. I'm number one on the waiting list to start for our area. Right. Um, and they're still not doing face-to-face. They're doing it over the phone. But the reason why I chose not to do it over the phone was because of the place where the trauma happened was in our home. Yeah. yeah. So I don't feel comfortable doing therapy, probably sat in the room where the traumatic event yeah. occurred. Yeah. And then equally, I have my kids at home with me. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to find a moment to try and squeeze therapy in whilst looking after my children mm-hmm. that might open up wounds and make me feel uncomfortable. So I... Have, I could have had some therapy by now, but I, I've opted to wait until it's something that I can do face-to-face yeah. for, for quite a few reasons. Yeah, yeah. Did you but, find or have you found, um, this is something that I hear a lot from clients who have had quite quick births. They get told, oh, you know, from, from other pregnant women or other mums, oh, you had a quick birth, you're so lucky, or good job it was quick, or, you know, and it, yeah. and it can be quite dismissive and... And this is where I'm so grateful, though, because if I've had two and one was incredibly long Mm -hmm. and I say to them people, I say, I tell you what, I've done four days and I've done two hours and I would take four days over two hours any time. Yeah. And I would, you know, I would do Paloma's birth 10 times over over Astrid's. Mm. Just because if it was so with Paloma, it was such a gradual increase. And with Astrid, there was no, like I say, it was literally a couple of twinges. Mm for a couple of hours if that and then when and then 20 minutes of of you know real intense and I don't even think I can call it pain it was just everything yeah it was just everything it was just intense like 20 minutes of real intensity yeah yeah but now moving forward we're trying to use these choices to inform yeah what we will do next time <laughs> number so. three is a wild card they say yeah. I, I, I've heard this of everybody but you, do you know what that is another thing you know where there's something that everybody has to say like yeah. oh I won't bother trying breastfeed and it's so painful yeah. like oh I won't bother having an own birth what if something goes wrong you know yeah. there's always this constant fear and I am already like quite fearful about having to do it this time mm. because of because of that I've had so many people say to me like oh you never know what's going to happen mm. with your third mm. yeah. and I think great well I didn't know what was going to happen with my second did I <laughs> True. I mean, so, you you guys have both just had such intense experience, both of them, such intense experiences. Um, and like you're saying, they just couldn't have been more different from each other, which almost makes it more difficult considering, you know, thinking about this third and considering all your options and things there, because, you know, there's there's no pattern necessarily for you to think, well, it'll probably be like this or it'll probably be like that. You really have almost had it all yeah but thank you so much for this I mean I'm I'm sure so many people will be so interested and I mean not just massive birth nerds like me I mean I'm sure 
so many people will be sort of captivated listening to, to you guys talk about it um, and to your experiences and you know very exciting stories to tell both you girls when they're when they're older as well absolutely yeah definitely so thank you again um yeah thanks it's been it's been wonderful no thank you yeah thank you for having us giving us an opportunity to indulge and share no problem thank you for listening to the Labourland podcast if you'd like to know more about today's guest or the topic discussed check out the links in the episode description if you'd like to know more about Hypnobirthing Company and the courses available, visit hypnobirthingcompany.co.uk or connect with me on social media at Hypnobirthing Company. Thanks for listening.